Welcome to Teachers in America, a production of HMH. I'm the Senior Director of Community Engagement, Noelle Morris. Each episode, I meet a new teacher friend and learn about the latest lessons and innovations from the classroom. Today, I spoke with Misty Richmond, a middle school science teacher at James Ward Elementary School in the Chicago Public School System. A CPS graduate of Lynn Blum Technical High School, Misty earned her Master of Education from National Lewis University. She is passionate about social and emotional learning and enjoys working with her fellow educators through mentoring and professional learning. Misty was recently named an Illinois finalist for the Presidential Award for Excellence in Mathematics and Science Teaching and a Region 7 Director for the Illinois Science Teaching Association. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey, Misty, I'm Noelle. Welcome, everybody. So, Misty, I know you're a teacher in Chicago Public Schools. So we're going to just jump right in here. And I want to hear what is your biggest science teacher motto? What do you live by every day in your classroom with your students? I think, honestly, what I live by even more so than just as a science teacher, as a teacher, I want my students to feel welcomed and safe in my classroom and safe in a lot of ways, especially given the times that we're in. But like for me, usually I mean for that to be like a safe space for them to feel comfortable sharing ideas that they're unsure of because it can be tricky as a middle schooler to kind of share ideas in front of your classmates when you're not 100% sure of what you're thinking. This idea of like first draft thinking is really scary to share as a middle schooler and even as an adult. And I really just want my students to feel comfortable doing that. So I feel like for me, that's what's most important for me in my classroom. Misty, I just have to tell you, teacher to teacher, but as a parent, the science fair is a source of (laughs) causing me hives. So is that still a thing? Do you still see a lot of families overwhelmed? You know, I, I, I have to say, I can't say that science fair or anything that culminates in like a big product or project will ever not take over and consume the whole family's life, right? Like there's no (laughs) magic way to make that go away for sure. But what I will say is you have to ask yourself as the the family supporting this student, like what is driving this student's choice in what they're choosing for their project? For me, I feel like a student that wants to do the project is the student that has made the selection of what they're doing. I find too often like Sometimes someone else is like spearheading the project and it's not the student and they are less likely to like do the hard work. They'll get it done because it needs to get done. But when the student owns what they're invested in and what they're working on, the hours that they will spend doing that would shock you. Like it would really shock you. And so I think it's really more about when students are choosing a project helping them to find something that really excites them. At our school, we've shifted from traditional science fair to engaging with the Chicago Student Invention Convention. For our purposes as a school, we see it as more of a way for students to continue this idea of like problem solving. And so coming up with a solution to a problem that they might have when creating something. 
So Chicago Invention Convention, is that something that's led by the city? Is it an opportunity for young entrepreneurs and future scientists? Like what, how did that come to be? All of the above. Like I said, my my principal, she has this vision, right, of what she wants or where she wants to see our students. Like she wants us to be producing a lot of students interested in STEM fields. She knows that if we're not getting them engaged at the school level now in elementary school, that like the thought of them doing this in like college may be overwhelming. So she wants us to help prepare. And so she actually got us started with the Chicago Student Invention Convention. And it comes through the Chicago Innovation Foundation. And so they have, I don't know, thousands of students every year that exist as student inventors. And they work with school sites, but they also work with like after school programs. And sometimes different after school care centers will have a teacher or some sort of adult sponsor that kind of like hosts the club. So as our school, all of our students generally in either from third through eighth grade, are in some way engaging in this work. But one of the things that we found to be like super helpful when working with the Invention Convention is we have the opportunity to be partnered with mentors, which are going to be people in the field. So people who are, maybe they started their own company, or maybe they have their own product that they're, you know, selling. They come as mentors to work with our students, you know, helping them develop their idea further. So students come up with their initial ideas on their own of what they want to invent. Um, And we work through some prototyping designs. And then we have the mentor come in and the students present almost like Shark Tank style uh, Mm -hmm. their (laughs) invention to the mentor. And the mentor then walks them through different questions they might want to think about. Well, are there other materials that you could make this out of? Who do you think is your audience for this product? Really help the students be successful when they go to present their invention at like the citywide competition. And we've really been surprised by some of the things that students come up with. I had a few students a few years ago that had gotten a seat to the national competition because they wanted to come up with a contact lens for someone that was colorblind because they were like, why do you have to have glasses? And this came from like a student concern. Their grandmother was colorblind and they thought it was like not fair. And so they thought a contact lens would be a, a cool solution. So like they have to do their research on like what how what exactly is it when someone was colorblind? What would the contact lens need to, to be like to work? The things that students come up with are mind blowing every year. And I feel like what's nice is this program with Invention Convention allows students now like Students are leaving this program being able to connect with patent lawyers and potentially further develop and produce their own ideas that they just came up with on their own. And so we've really started to keep our students being engaged in this work and really, hey, if I have a problem, I can help with a solution to that. And this idea of just, oh, I don't know, I can't, there's nothing I can do about that is not where we want our students to be thinking. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we've been able to really see students shift their thinking over time. And I feel like sometimes as a seventh and eighth grade teacher, 
where we have a whole school of people working towards this vision, I get to reap the benefits of all of the hard work of all of my teachers before me so that when I'm talking, okay, we're going to get started with Invention Convention, students have already come up with four or five ideas before they ever get to me that they've been like thinking about and working. And so sometimes they're like, oh, I want to make a you know change to the one that I started last year because this is what some of the feedback that I was like receiving or like whatnot. So this year uh, in particular, I just went to training for this year's session. It was virtual last year and it is good. The Chicago one's going to be virtual again this year, but it'll be May 7th this year virtually. And they run it through this software Hopin, which is, it's like a very fancy version of Zoom or Google Meet, but there's like multiple meeting rooms and they're always looking for like judges and it's open to the public. And so like, if you just go on their uh, website, as they get closer to registration and things like that, it's definitely something that's open to the public. And I encourage educators to like get their students involved, even if it's at like a small scale. And one thing I will always say too, is like when we have students that go from like our classroom kind of fairs to our city fair, I always make it a point of, because choice for students, I think is super important. Because just because you came up with this great idea doesn't mean that you really want to move beyond our classroom fair. And so what I found is it's better to ask the student, do you want to go to the next level of competition rather than forcing a student to go to the next level? Because it is work, right? Like they are going to have to make some revisions, do some more paperwork. You know, like there is work involved in moving to that next level. And it's additional work, right? On top of what they're doing in school already, as much as possible, try to give students choice when we can in the classroom. I want you to do it because I want you to have this process and learn about the engineering design cycle as like a student. But I also know that not every single one of my students, as much as I want them all to go into a STEM field, like they're not all going to go that route. But it's important that they have experiences to know I like this or I don't like that. And so I think one of the things that we have to do as educators, as parents, is give students a lot of experiences so they can know early things that they really like and things that they don't like. Like I tell my students, we have four major disciplines of science. We have physical sciences, life sciences, earth and space. We have engineering. You might not love earth and space science and somebody else really might. And so we learn a little bit of each of these every year. So you can find out like, man, I didn't really love that lesson on rocks or that whole unit on rocks. So that wasn't my jam. But now that you got to this like physics, I'm all about that. I really like that. And so helping them to see that science is bigger than just the one idea that they have of what science is and even what a scientist does. And so like as much as possible, we like to have guest speakers come and talk to students about like, hey, I work in a STEM field, but this is what I do for my job. And so students can be like, well, how did you get into that? Do you like that? Is that a fun job? There's so many career options for students. We want them to be able to get to know a little bit about all of them. Your students, your school district is so lucky to have you, Misty. My understanding when I read your bio is that you're actually a graduate of Chicago Public Schools. So do you want to give a shout out to? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can start. I went to kindergarten at Mason on the west side of Chicago. And then I spent first through eighth grade at Luther Burbank, um, also on the northwest side. And then for high school, I went to Lindblom uh, 
and I graduated, and that's on the south side um, in Inglewood neighborhood. And I graduated from there in 1999. I'm very fortunate with the experiences that I had in Chicago public schools. My mom was an educator in Chicago public schools. And so for me, I am super passionate about working in Chicago public schools because I know that we have students here that are going to change the world. Our district is a large district, but I know that we have students with the potential that will be changing our world. They're going to come up with things that I'm going to need that I don't know that I need yet. And I know that. And so to have a small role in getting them excited about science, getting them excited about whatever they're going to do, right, in life and realizing that like, hey, like I I am important. Like people do care about me. Like that's what I want students to leave. I always say if a student left me and maybe they don't remember everything they learned about science from me, I want them to remember that Miss Richmond cared about me. Like she wanted me to be successful. She wanted me to do well. I feel like if my students leave that way, then they're going to know that they matter and we want them to be successful. And so I, I always love when I like hear from students who come back to visit or you hear from family members that are like, oh, you know, my students really liked your class. You see them different places. Like, I think some of the best experiences are like randomly hearing from a student or seeing a student or running into a student. I think one of the more recent ones that really was just like so funny, I was in like a drive through at Portillo's and there's, you know, oh, how Portillo's. they'll have... <laughs> <laughs> they'll oh. have in the part in the drive-through because the line is so crazy. They'll often mm-hmm. have like people running around like collecting your orders or like whatever. And a woman comes up to the counter. She's wearing a mask. I'm wearing a mask. So it's not like I totally know who's there. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh my god, Miss Richmond!" And I'm like, "Okay, this has to be a student because who else would be calling you Miss Richmond?" And then she pulls her mask down. Oh my god, I'm, I'm so glad I get to see you. And it's like telling me all about what you're doing and whatever. She's like, oh my gosh, Ms. Richmond, I just got promoted to manager. And so she was like, wanted to share like things that she was proud of. And I was like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. And it was like the moments like that, where it's like, we didn't spend time talking about what we learned in science class, but you wanted to talk to me, meaning that like I had a positive impact in your life. And that for me, that's huge because that's what I want. I want you to Whatever you go off to do in life, I want you to feel like you're supported in going off to do that, right? No matter what your background is, no matter what your home life might be like, because some students really have a difficult home life, but they learn that they can do whatever they want, regardless of what their beginnings are like. I'd be at the drive through going, okay, you have just made my day. I'm going <laughs> to add a Portillo slice of chocolate cake. <laughs> You just can't find that chocolate cake anywhere else. I might live in Florida, but I used to live in Chicago. I know that Portillo's menu, the whole experience of the drive-thru. Yes. I just would have been like, Chicago dog, hold the sports pepper, and yes, a little bit of extra celery salt and (laughs) slice of chocolate cake. Absolutely. Um, Misty, this has been a lovely conversation. I'm so excited to just be thinking about science. I've learned about the invention convention. I definitely totally agree that educators should be paying attention to that, watch it, leverage it. You gave so many great tips. Our last question, my last question that I ask 
every one of my new teacher friends. I think every teacher should have a walk-up song that's playing in their head when they enter their classroom. <laughs> what, my last question, what is your walk-up song? Wow. I, I think as a female science teacher, my walk-up song that I would be thinking of also just happens to be my favorite musical artist is Who Runs the World by Beyonce. <laughs> yes! Who Runs This World, girl? Yes. Yep. That would be my walk-up song. All right. I'm with you with Beyonce. I can throw Beyonce in any time into my playlist, my walk-up song. I'm glad we've made this connection. We will now have a forever connection. Absolutely. I hope, I hope you've enjoyed being a guest on Teachers in America. And until we talk again, thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Noelle. It's been great. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Teachers in America podcast, please email us at shaped at hmhco.com. Be the first to hear new episodes of Teachers in America by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate, review, and share with your network. You can find the transcript of this episode on our Shape blog by visiting hmhco.com forward slash shaped. The link is in the show notes. Teachers in America is produced by HMH. Until next time, your friend, Noelle.